0: So let's turn in our Bibles this afternoon Here in just a moment And I'm thankful for the Word of God I really am You know we sing and preach about the Word of God a whole lot Um, You know any way you look at it It's the best commentary you can ever find Um, It's got all the answers you need Uh, I'm thankful for the Word of God. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been able to, we've kindly taken a, um, so we've made it um, to chapter 17 and halfway through chapter 17 of the book of Revelation, um, preaching through that book and what a blessing that sure has been. But um, over the last few weeks, we've, um, as the Lord has led, we have started that series entitled What Does This Mean? And um, man, I've had a time in it, haven't you? And not just because I'm preaching it, but man, the Lord's been all over it. And uh, any spirit of God that we never get is going to be good amen uh, amen and so so um the first week we were able to look at it and we preached on being filled with the spirit. What does it mean being filled with the spirit i'm thankful we can be filled with the spirit of God aren't you and um, then last week we were able to look in and, and preach on uh, preach on something job never had and uh and you know what that was? Job said neither. Is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both? Neither is there any daysman. And I preached on, we have a daysman. And that's, I'm thankful for a daysman in Jesus Christ. And Job went through much calamity um, as he dealt with it in there. And uh, we preached on the calamity of Job and then Christ coming and, and how Christ came. and He is the mediator between God and man, amen? And uh, he is the one that grabbed the hand of God and grabbed the hand of man and brought us right together, amen? I'm thankful for that. And so I, tonight I'd like to look into another passage, um, which is in the book of Ephesians. And so if you've got your Bibles, turn with me there to the book of Ephesians. It eight eleven currently, and um, um, I'll preach... Um, until the Lord says to stop tonight. Amen. And so, and I'm thankful that you guys don't care about that one bit. Amen. So I'm thankful. And if you do, don't tell me. Amen. Ephesians chapter number one tonight. We'll stand and and reverence the reading of the word of God. And if you're able to. Thankful for the good crowd on Wednesday night. Amen. In the house of God, the visitors. We're always grateful for them to show up. They're always a blessing to us. Ephesians chapter number one. Let's start reading in verse number 6. The Bible says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Wherein? So because of this, He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in Him. Thank you for standing. You could be seated this evening. You could go many places... Tonight, for what I'm going to preach on this afternoon, the book of Romans has a lot to say about it. Um, but the whole Bible has a lot to say about it, to be honest with you, um, because we've 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 we're seeing we've seen one word in there that I that I believe personally, as I've been studying through this, as we've been seeing different things throughout Scripture. There's actually a few things in here that a lot of people. Use, but don't understand. We could go back and preach on the word predestination. Predestination has nothing to do with somebody who's lost, but has everything to do with somebody who's saved. And then there we could preach on the adoption of children or of sons. There, or, or and how it talks about that, how it speaks of the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. And and but what we're gonna what we're gonna uh, kind of keep our eyes on this afternoon is one word in verse number seven. Where well, the Bible says, in whom we have redemption through His blood. In whom we have redemption through His blood. I'm going to preach on we have redemption through His blood. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. And I ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, to please help me as I preach tonight. Help your folk. And we'll thank you for it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, has it ever occurred to you that you've been redeemed? I mean, it's occurred to me that I've been redeemed, amen? Why do I come to church? Because I've been redeemed. Why do, I go, why do I give to missions? Because I've been redeemed. And I want somebody else to be redeemed too, right? And so there's so many different things in a Christian's life that consummate on the fact of us being redeemed. Uh, well, now the word redeemed deals with a buying back. It deals with a buying out uh, or or, uh, or something. It deals with all of those things. It deals with a purchase of some sort. Or another, and so according to the Bible, a servant could be redeemed, a wife could be redeemed. We see that in the book of Hosea. Um, according to the Bible, land could be redeemed. You can find it in Leviticus twenty-five, Jeremiah thirty-two. You can find it in Deuteronomy twenty-five. If you want to find those, we're not going to read them tonight. But it, it tells of all of those things. Uh, um, Jeremiah chapter thirty-two tells us of Jeremiah's uncle who bought some land and didn't want, uh, and he uh, was going to buy back that land after the. land was sold out from under another family member. And we can look in the book of Ruth and find much about redemption uh, um, where she was bought by uh, the nearest kinsman uh, because the actual nearest kinsman to her said no. Uh, he didn't want her. She's a Moabitess and he don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, um, but thank God that Boaz saw something in Ruth uh, and that's what God sees in us. So when we look at redemption, all of these, uh, um, the, the land and the servant and the wife all of them were bound to Buy something. And all of these needed buying uh, by something. They, they needed bought by somebody. Uh, and, and so as Jesus died on the cross, uh, He uh, paid the ransom price uh, to buy us back uh, and out of our bondage that we were in, that sin had us bound. Uh, and us who have re- experienced the redemption of Christ uh, uh, will one day stand uh, at the very throne of God and we'll look to Christ uh, and we'll say and the Bible says and they sung a new song saying uh, thou art worthy to open the book uh, and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain uh, and thou hast redeemed us to God by the blood uh, out of every kindred and tongue and nation Uh, and friend I'm telling you we ought to praise the Lord this evening uh, and that we uh, have redemption through his blood Uh, that means it can never come through anything else. Uh, it's singleness. It's only through Him. Uh, it's only through His blood, uh, and it is only uh, His blood that can do the eternal work of redemption. Uh, and so, I want you to notice three things in our text this afternoon. Uh, I want you to notice number one that there is the triumph uh, of redemption. I'm uh, um, from one end of the King James Bible um, to Genesis one, uh, all the way to Revelation chapter twenty two. Redemption. Uh, runs its thread all the way through its pages uh, and redemption is found as that steady strand uh, um, through the Bible and we're triumphant over death uh, and over hell uh, and over the grave. Why? Because of His price. Uh, and because of His pardon. Uh, and because of His payment. Uh, and His punishment. Uh, and His place uh, on Calvary. That's why uh, we can be redeemed. Uh, we wouldn't have anything without Him to now. The Bible says in verse seven, in whom we have redemption uh, through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according uh, um, to the riches of His grace. Uh, and so I, I tell you, I'm thankful that it is something that is a gift to you and I tonight. Uh, it's not something we could gain by our own merit. Uh, it's not something you could ever do to obtain uh, um, the redemption of Christ. Uh, um, he didn't have to buy you back, but He wanted to buy you back. Uh, he loved you. And And thank God that he did. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, I thought I could have leaped from earth to heaven on one spring when I first saw my sins drowned in the redemption of Christ. I tell you, friend, thank God for His redemption tonight. Uh, I'm glad to be saved. Uh, I'm glad I'm not under bondage. Uh, um, Some have said that they're under bondage, Uh, but, uh, friend, I'm telling you something. The Bible says uh, that this Bible right here is the precious law uh, of liberty. Uh, And I'm telling you something, that means uh, that it is law. uh, And if you'll submit to the law of liberty, uh, you'll be freer and freer every day. Uh, And, friend, I'm telling you something, this is my Bible. Uh, It's His Word. Uh, And I love my Bible. Uh, And I'm thankful for my Bible tonight. Uh, But I'm telling you something, I wouldn't know anything about Christ. Uh, I wouldn't know anything about redemption. Uh, I wouldn't know anything about heaven. Uh, But you know, when I got saved, I knew I was going to miss hell, right? I knew that's what I was going to get. Uh, but I didn't know that He was going to give us so much more than we ever asked for. Uh. I didn't know that He was going to be the provision uh, and the promise uh, of everything we could ever need or want. Uh, and not want. Hold tight. I'm going to back up on that one because He ain't going to give us everything we want. But He does give us the desires of our heart according to the Bible if you uh, will submit to Him. And so I want you to notice three things here. Uh, um, why Why should we thank Him for redemption? Tonight. Well, I believe, firstly, uh, we should thank Him because of the setting uh, of His redemption, the Bible says, uh, in whom we have redemption uh, through His blood. Amen. Hey, man. That's only one way, right? There's no other way to get redemption. You can't get redemption from any other God out there. Uh, You could wipe all the blood that you wanted to on your face, uh, your head. uh, Your whole body could be covered with their blood, but it would never uh, um, take away uh, your your sins. Uh, And friend, I'm telling you, slavery was a big act in those days. Uh, um, There was much slavery, and there was much slavery, I understand, uh, in the earliest of centuries. Uh, um, But really, we know know much history is concerned uh, with slavery. Uh, um, but I hear that in those slave days there was nothing uh, out of the ordinary to buy and sell slaves it was nothing out of the ordinary there was nothing out of place to do that Uh, it wasn't a big deal you could just sell them and be off with them it didn't matter at all but however in some cases I read uh, um, where some slaves would be bought and then set at liberty they would be bought and then they would be set at liberty after they were bought. Maybe somebody liked that slave. And they just decided they were going to buy them because they had the money to and then just set them go. And they said that as they did that, they would write them a certificate that said, that was given to that slave. And that certificate would state that they were redeemed from all of their slave duties. They were redeemed from what they were doing. They were redeemed from that. It was proof for all to see that he or she had been set free. They had been set free at that time. And in verse 7, the Bible says, in whom we have redemption through His blood. We have redemption, Paul states. And this tells us what had us bound. Incompetently, we couldn't live for Christ. You couldn't live a life for Christ as hard as you tried. I couldn't live a Christ a life for Christ uh, as hard as I you know I still can't live a life with Christ uh, without the Spirit of God I can't live the crucified life without Him because I'll never be able to nail myself to that tree He has to do it uh, and friend Jesus never nailed Himself to the tree like I've said before you might be good enough to get your feet in one hand but you'll never get the other Flesh is still hanging free, friend. I'm telling you something. We must be careful when it comes to our life. Uh, um, but when we were incompetent and not able uh, um, to live a life for Christ, uh, and now He has paid for us uh, and He has set us free. Amen. Pretty good. I think so myself. Hallelujah. Sin and Satan had us bound. Uh, remember, Adam did sin in the Garden of Eden. Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden and ever since then man had been doomed and man had been bound by sin. All were doomed to hell. You realize at one point in your life you were headed to a devil's hell? I and mean, at one point in your life, you were headed to hell. Uh, and in that, uh, because of our sin, uh, we were all separated from a holy and a just God. Uh, um, the Bible says uh, um, that death was our judgment. Uh, that's what sin caused us. Uh, we were going to die and we were going to go uh, to hell uh, and eventually be cast in the lake of fire. And that's where we'd stay uh, uh, for all of eternity. A sinner is a sinner by birth. The Bible says in Psalms 58, verse 3, the wicked are estranged from the wound. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Uh, Them two boys sitting right there on the one, two, three, fourth row are liars. They're going to go to hell one day if they don't get saved. And I I don't do that with joy. I praise the Lord. I believe God's going to save them, I believe He can. You say, well, no, they might not be part of the elect. I don't care what you have to say about any of that kind of stuff. I tell you, God's honest truth here this afternoon. God's, God can save them. They're part of the whosoever and the world. Man, God can save them. Praise the Lord! Uh, it's not just rejection that sends you to hell, friend. Uh, that's not what it is. You know what sends you to hell? Sin sends you to hell, uh, and it don't matter if it's a little sin, a big sin. Sin uh, sends you to hell. Uh, and Jesus said in John eight uh, in verse thirty-four, He said, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, uh, whosoever committed sin uh, is a servant to a sin." Uh, and my by nature, my willing, by willingness, we were all sinners. We're sinners. We were all sinners headed to hell. Every one of us. From the womb, by nature, we were all sinners. And then I read the verse in John 8. By willingness, we were all sinners. Amen. By nature, we were sinners. Cows don't climb trees. You know why? Because against their nature. Amen. You don't go to heaven. You know why? Because against your nature. It's going to take Him. And man, I'm just telling you something. is that By nature, we were sinners. The setting uh, of my first birth was death uh, because I was a sinner. I can never push that enough. We're sinners. Yet someone had to die for my sin. We're talking about redemption, right? Or, or, or someone had to die for it or I had to die for it, right? And so that's what Jesus did for us. Praise the Lord. So, so, so so that I might go free. He died in my place. Simple preaching, I know. Galatians chapter 1, uh, verse number 3, the Bible says, Grace be to you and peace from God uh, the Father and from our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ uh, who gave Himself for our sins. Who gave Himself for sin that He might deliver us uh, from the present evil world uh, according to the will of the Godfather. Galatians chapter number 3 and verse 13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written cursed is every man that hangeth upon a tree. He was made the curse of sin. Man, that's good. Amen. Galatians chapter 5 verse number 1 The Bible says stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You see where we're getting at there? We were bound by our sin. That was the setting of our first birth the setting of it. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, if I must go on for as much. Uh, then as the children are partakers of flesh uh, and blood, he also himself likewise took part uh, of the shame that through his death uh, he might destroy him that had the power over death, that is the devil, uh, and deliver those uh, who through a fear of death were their lifetime subject to bondage. That's us. The setting of my first birth was associated with death uh, and bondage and sin. But because of Christ, my new birth is associated with life. And it's associated with freedom. It's associated with salvation. uh. And so when Jesus died in our place, uh, my place, your place, uh, on the cross, He literally redeemed us and bought us back. Paid for our sins. That man, He shed His blood to satisfy God's righteous demands, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what He did. He accomplished everything that was necessary to secure our freedom. He entered into the place of sin and took upon Himself my sin and your sin, so that we might be made free. So that we might be made free, we're no longer for sale. We're His. He took us off the market. Amen, for him. I mean, sin has no more power over me. And sin has no more penalty on me. And sin one day will have no more presence around me thank God, friend, I've been redeemed. I'm glad for that tonight. That's the setting of his redemption. And then why, why, why don't we thank him tonight? I might just get through one point. But why don't we thank him tonight? We thank him because of the setting of the redemption. We thank him because of the sacrifice of the redemption. Now, the Bible says very clearly in verse number 7, Now, through his blood. Now, you tell me this fact. I mean, you can answer it wrong if you want to, because I'm about to tell you the truth. You can't make blood without something. You can't make blood without a sacrifice. You say, I can cut myself. Yeah, you still sacrifice some blood. Right? If anyone were to come to Christ for redemption, you know, your, your redemption never had a price tag on it. Right? It never did. It was absolutely free to you and me. It did not cost us a thing. It, but, However... It was a sacrifice. And and it cost God a lot. Right? I mean, we have redemption. But how do we have redemption? Through his blood. I love the Bible. Blood will never be shed without the sacrifice. And so when you came to Christ, it didn't cost you a penny. Uh, However, it cost Christ his blood and his life. It cost God his son. And my friend, he literally died for sin that wasn't his. I mean, he literally, uh, he literally died for people that weren't his at that time, I understand. He literally did all that, the innocent, for the guilty. That's uh, what he did. He made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? So why? Because we, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I'm telling you something, friend, sin had to be paid for. It has to be paid for. Whether you reap it or sow it, it has to be paid for. Sin will always be paid for. But I'm thankful mine was paid for at Calvary. Yours was too. Amen, friend. I'm telling you something. It was God's demands from the beginning of time. Sin had to be paid for. Sin had to be taken care of. Yet what, millions of gallons of blood... What millions of gallons of blood from bulls and bullocks and, 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 and doves and all of those things, heifers, all of those things, what their blood could never do, uh, the blood Jesus did once and for all. Millions of gallons of blood. When Jesus shed and sacrificed His precious blood, it was forever settling the sin problem. You just got to accept it. Amen. Jesus paid it all, right? Beloved, nothing, nothing's left to pre- pay. One day I preached on the receipt given. In Colossians chapter 3, preached on the receipt that was given. You know, the, what the only receipt that was given, it was zero, zero, zero. zero. I didn't know a thing. I know a dime, friend. I'm telling you something. is that nothing is left to pay Jesus. Paid it all. And all to Him I owe. Sin had left its crimson stain. It washed me white as snow. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Jesus is the only one, hallelujah, that could take a black heart, wash it in red blood, and make it white as snow. And That's only Him. And beloved, nothing is left to pay. Thank God for His sacrifice. His sacrifice. Uh, that's why we ought to thank Him tonight, because of His sacrifice of His redemption uh, and, and the setting of His redemption. But I believe we ought to uh, we ought to praise Him tonight uh, because of the source of His redemption. Uh, that's not all the verse says, because wherein He hath... Uh, let's go to verse uh, 7. The forgiveness of sins... Uh, we'll come back to that part. According to the riches of His grace. So you get all this because of the riches of His grace. Right? It's just break it down Scripture. Why did he do it? Well, Paul said very clearly, it's according to the riches of his grace. Now, 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 the riches of Christ are far more than the riches of man. We do believe that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? We believe he owns the hills that they, the cattle on too. I mean, we believe that he owns the ocean, all the fish, everything. He owns it all, and I believe that. I believe it but if we were to look at yours and my riches uh, I mean uh, we, we would come up short and some of you might be able to some of you around here might give more than I give you might but if you make a hundred thousand dollars and I make ten you ought to give more than I give right but nonetheless, let's not let's not talk about that for a second. Let's just think about this. Let's try to try, What is he talking about? The riches of his grace. The riches of his grace. I mean, the one who made the hundred thousand. We would think would give more. But why is that? Because if he gave the same, I I'd be. I, say, let's just say, we make ten thousand dollars, right? Just say old JD here makes $100,000. I know you do, so don't even lie about it. It makes $100,000, right? And so say, say, say I make the $10,000 and I give $5,000 of it. I'm giving out of my riches, right? I'm giving I, so much, I'm giving out of my riches. Then Joker comes up here and only has, gives $5,000. He ain't giving out of his riches. He ain't giving out of his riches you think about it you just think about this fact but if he turned around and gives twenty thousand dollars I believe he'd be given out of his riches you see the difference there you that? All I, I, I'm just thinking here is that God gave out of his riches when he gave us Christ he did I mean, I mean it, it was complete grace that did it all for us uh, it was complete grace he had a lot but he gave it all he had a lot, but he gave it all for him. He gave us so much more than we could ever ask for. Uh, and he does it time after time uh, after time. He does it again and again. Amen. Amen. Why do we get provision? It's not our riches. Right? You look at Philippians chapter four and nineteen and tell me whose riches those are. It's not mine, but it's his. It's His. Uh, money comes to me, and it goes through me, uh, but it comes from God, and it goes out into this mission world, uh, and it, does it comes to me, but it ought to go through me. The church ain't a bank account either, hallelujah. Amen. It comes to me. It comes to us to go through us. Amen. It's a occurring thing. We give because He gave. Nonetheless, I'm just telling you the fact is, is that God did not hold one thing back. He gave it all to us. And He didn't do halfway job, friend. He did it all the way job. He finished it. It was enough. And I thank God tonight for His grace and His redemption. The triumph of His redemption. We can thank the Lord for it. The token of His redemption. I gotta hurry. I want you to notice number two. Uh, the token of His redemption. Uh, we'll go back up to verse six. I don't always preach this way, but I'm gonna do it now. To praise of the glory, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of His grace. Uh, and so Jesus Christ died for all sins. We were on that. We bless the Lord for. it. I believe that it did. And the redemption that God is offering us through Christ does far more for us than just buy us back from the slavery of our sin. It does far more for us than just that. There is a token that we can take with it. And the redemption we have in Jesus Christ provides some benefits. It provides a a token, something we can carry along with us. Ever met anybody who carries a token in the pocket? I think you do, right? They carry a token in their pocket. Why do they do that? Why do you do that? Just do it. But you show it to people. Yeah, that's all. we ought to do the same thing. But nonetheless, I'm just telling you something. is that we are here and we have a token to tell people. But notice what the Bible says. There's a few things that we've benefited from. Uh, a few good things. Uh, not just a few, but there's a whole lot. There's a few in this text I'm going to preach. Uh, and the first thing is, is that His redemption made you forgiven. It made you forgiven. That's a benefit to you. That's a benefit to you. It said the forgiveness of sins. And so because we have been redeemed, we have been forgiven of our sins. What does it mean to be forgiven? Just like it means to be forgiven any other time. Forgetting about it, forgiving, and all those things. But we normally don't do it that way. But what a blessing that is. It means to pardon. Deal with the deal was a pardoning. And they haven't just been cast behind his back, friend. I like the song, My, my Sins Are Gone. I like that. <laughs> I really like that song. Don't don't think I don't from the pulpit here. Just hang on. A I noticed this earlier, but but what, what I think it's the first verse. It deals with the casting uh, into the sea of of God's forgetfulness. That's a contradiction from the rest of the song. It says a, it says sea of God's forgetfulness, and then it goes on and tells us they're gone. Can I tell you, my sins are not just in the sea of forgetfulness. God didn't just cast them out in his back. They're gone. They're gone. You said, what sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. Hallelujah. I'm thankful they're gone tonight. They're forgiven fully. And as humans, we struggle to get to a place of forgiveness. Oftentimes we do, no matter how hard we try, and we rarely forget it. No matter how hard we try or any of that, what, what, what somebody has done to us, uh, uh, we can press it out of our mind to do this, but eventually memories come back up. They always seem to float back up to the surface, right? That's not how God works, though. That's not how God works. That is not how forgiveness of God works, hallelujah. When the Lord forgives, He forgets. When God forgives, He takes sin and He puts it away, Right? That's what that deals with, the putting away. And so he takes our sins and treats them as if they, would, they were never committed in the first place. Yeah, justification, that's what happens when we get saved. I was going to preach on that tonight. But, but But justification, I mean, what, I, I'm reminded of a text in, in the book of John in verse 1, chapter 1 in verse 29, where John, John the Baptist looks down the road, right? Everybody with me? He looks down the road and what does He say? He says, Behold, uh, the Lamb of God which uh, which hides our sins. No, it says, Which taketh away uh, the sin uh, of the world. Uh, he carried them off. Uh, he remembers them no more. Uh, and beloved, when Jesus died on the cross at Calvary, uh, our sins were laid upon Him. Uh, and they were judged. Uh, in his. He was judged in our place. Uh, and, uh, and God judged Him as, he were, as if He were guilty of every sin sin we've ever committed friend I'm telling you God absolutely extinguished his very wrath uh, in uh, uh, the body of his son Jesus Christ when he died uh, on the cross is that not right uh, I mean we could look in the Bible and find a few texts uh, concerning to that uh, um, but the Bible says very clearly there in the book of Isaiah uh, probably one of uh, some of your favorite passages in 53 uh, the Bible says, Surely hath bore our griefs uh, and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Uh, but he was wounded for our transgression. Uh, he was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, uh, and with his stripes were healed. Uh, then it says, there's this verse that goes from all to all. Uh, and it goes, All we like sheep have gone astray. Uh, we've turned every one to his own way. Uh, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us Half of us, all of us, every one of us. Eight million, eight billion in America, right? Guess what? The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of them all. It's the truth. And because our sin's forgiven, and they've already been paid for. They can also be forgiven. They can be put away. And when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, Hallelujah. I'm thankful for redemption. Amen. His redemption made you forgiven. His redemption also made you family. What does the Bible say? It says, and accepted in the blood. And so the word accepted means to make agreeable. And in our in our natural state, we're not agreeable to God. We're not. I mean, we're we're hateful. We're, hate, we're hateful to Him. I mean, what does the Bible say? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the carnal mind is enmity against God. Ephesians chapter 2 deals with it too. Enemies. We were enemies uh, with God. It's down there somewhere. I promise you it's in the Bible. Uh, I don't know what verse it is. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Uh, um, Then there's another verse in there somewhere, but I ain't going to deal with it right now. But I'm just telling you, it means that we were absolutely enemies of God. We were opposite of him. Everything we done opposed him. When we come to Jesus and are redeemed, everything changes. Right? Everything changes. Thank God. Everything changes. Old wicked sinners like us are brought into a peaceful relationship by grace in Jesus and faith in Jesus Christ our sins are forgiven. We're family. We're family. Our sins are washed away in His blood. Uh, Even our own very natures are changed. Doesn't mean we won't sin anymore. We understand that. But the Bible speaks of the old birth, the new birth, right? What did Jesus tell Nicodemus? You must be born again. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit, and that which is born of the flesh is flesh. I mean, hallelujah, My, my my old birth does resemble my new birth. It does. And you remember, I preached not too long ago. It resembles our new birth by the singleness of it. It's only going to happen once. I was only born in this world one time, and I was only born in the family of God one time. It never happened again. Amen. Brother Billy Kelly said you'll never be born again again. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for that. And so the singleness. And then the suffering of a new birth. Right? The suffering of a new birth. I, I was born a new birth because somebody else suffered for me. My mama suffered for me when I was born in this world. Hallelujah! I didn't, I didn't, I I didn't feel a thing, or at least if I did, I don't remember it. (laughs) I mean, it was the suffering of that, and then the start of a new birth that resembles everything. Because when I got born again, everything, my slate was wiped clean. And when you get when 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 Malachi and Elisha got born in this world, guess what? They didn't have a past. Hallelujah. You can hate me or not. I don't care. I love the Lord. And I'm thankful this afternoon that His redemption made me family. Made me family. God accepts us not as, not, not as we are in ourselves, but as He has made us in Jesus Christ. Uh, therefore, if any man be in Christ, when we're put inside Christ, you'll never be taken out. And you'll never have to worry about any of those things. It's a good, part, good, good thing to be in part of the family. tonight. You would never have it without redemption triumph token lastly the testimony of his redemption verse 7 through 10 uh, let's go verse 8 wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation and fullness of times he hath gathered together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven which are on earth even in him and so we can preach just quickly and just deal with it we, but, but can I just say we have so many reasons tonight to thank him for his goodness And His redemption. We have so many reasons not to thank Him for it. Uh, His redemption for sin uh, um, delivers us. I mean, His redemption delivers us from our sin. Uh, It adopts us into His family. uh, And we can just thank Him tonight for that. We can thank Him tonight. Uh, His redemptive work in our lives uh, is something that we can all praise Him for if we've ever been redeemed. But, I believe these verses give us a few ideas and truths Every one of these verses here that we just read tell us about something that if we we'll, if if we have been redeemed, uh, we have been forgiven of our sins. Uh, there have been some things abounded toward us, but because of that, we're going to live be a living testimony of Him, right? But there's a testimony when we look to Him uh, with uh, of our lives. I'm hoping this is making sense right here. There's a, something that in my life and your life that testifies of Him. I think that's an easy way to say it. Something in my life and your life that testifies of Him. And so God has given us a testimony of His redemption work. I believe we can see very clearly that it testifies of His grace. The Bible says very clearly in whom we have redemption according to the riches of His grace uh, and it deals with grace wherein He abounded towards us wisdom prudence and it deals with grace up above that. But I'm, uh, Paul tells us very clearly that we have everything uh, in Jesus and it flows from uh, a great well that's just wonderful uh, and it's wonderful grace. Uh, and it's, but what is grace? It's an unmerited favor, absolutely. God's riches at Christ's expense of some say. Right. And it absolutely is the unmerited favor of God to the undeserving. Uh, it absolutely is. Uh, it's goodwill. It's loving kindness. Uh, it's favor. Brother Tom Gillum says it like this. He says, "Is great God's grace is any movement of God toward men. I've said that before. It is. He don't have to. But it does. <laughs> and that is why those who receive grace just absolutely are in awe about it. We're in all about the good grace of God. And because of the grace of God, it testifies of Him and how good He is to us. Hey man, friend, I'm telling you is that Jesus. <laughs> Listen, I believe wholeheartedly that Jesus is a God of free will. Don't you? I don't believe He never once looked down and said, He's going to hell and she's going to heaven. Believe you ever did. But God gave us the opportunity to be saved. That's grace. That's such grace, friend. And I'm telling you, we have been given everything that God has to offer and we deserved absolutely none of it. That's all His grace. We have been brought out of death and put into His glorious life. And, friend, I'm telling you something, that is all grace. We have been adopted out of Adam and into Jesus. That's all grace. That's all grace. We have been delivered from hell and we're now on the road to heaven. That's all grace. And one day when you get to that celestial city, it will still be all grace. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. It testifies of His grace. It testifies of His greatness. Now the Bible says uh, in verse 8 and 9, Wherein He hath abounded toward us, and all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in in Himself. And so it tells us very clearly that God's redemptive plans come from the mystery of His will. It's amazing. That's amazing. It's big. It's much bigger than my mind can fully comprehend all the time. But I'm telling you something. It's according to his good pleasure. is what the Bible says. <laughs> he carried it all out. He purposed it in his heart. He did it. He pur- purposed it in himself to save us. It's God's will that all men be saved. Right? 1st or 2nd Corinthians I mean 1st or 2nd Timothy chapter 1 or 2 verse 4 tells us it, it's, all, it's His will that all men to be saved 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 9 tells us it isn't His will it is His will and it isn't His will that any should perish huh? so, so it's God's will that all men be saved and He absolutely purposed it in Himself that all men are going to be saved He did you know how He purposed it? He came He died he rose again, hallelujah, and he ascended on high. And one day he's coming again for those who he has redeemed. It's amazing. It's amazing, and I'm thankful for that. It's wisdom, and wisdom, uh, wisdom is something. It's knowledge. It's a. It's something very smart and prudence is a understanding and, and insight. And, and I'm thankful that God. I believe God knows who's going to be saved, but I 100% believe that God gives us all the will to do it. We'll never get saved in our own merit, but we can put our faith and trust in what He's already done. Oh, man, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful. And then, lastly, I'll be done. I skipped a lot, but that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, He might gather together in one all things in Christ. So it testifies of His gathering. In, in this verse, Paul reminds us that, that, that history had a, had a purpose, had a meaning. It had something in this. God has done everything that he has to bring us together in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, God has I uh, put in all things and he's made Christ. He, he, what does the Bible say? And I'm trying to think. Colossians chapter 2, it tells us that, that everything has come together and he's put Christ as the head. Right, Christ is the head of the church. He is the head of the church, and in everything, Jesus is to have first place in our lives. And we we heard Pastor Philip preach it not long ago at the Jubilee. He tells us, he told us, he preached about the unprofitable servant, and he preached about how we'll serve him now, how we'll look to him now, how we'll serve him with all that we have. Now, one day, he's going to put on a servant's attire serve us what a wonderful thing that's going to be what a wonderful thing that's going to be friend but I'm telling you one day one day uh, the powers that control this world will absolutely fall at the feet uh, of Jesus and acknowledge him to be king of kings uh, and lord of lords Uh, and one day Satan will be judged by Jesus and be cast uh, into the lake of fire Uh, and one day the Lord Jesus will reign upon this earth uh, for a thousand years Uh, and I'm telling you it says the dispensation of the fullness of times Uh, and this word dispensation deals with the management, it deals with uh, um, oversight, administration Uh, it deals with the timing Uh, and I'm telling you it refers to control and that's how he's going to come that's how he's going to come and this verse reminds us that he knows what he's doing and one day he's going to gather up all of his jewels and I'm thankful for the gathering that came through redemption The gathering. This world appears to be spinning out of control now. And it is. Listen, God did not foreordain sin because that would make him unholy. And the fact is, is that when God looks down here, he ain't liking it. He ain't liking it. And one day he's going to say, It is enough. He's going to say come up hither. The Bible says Revelation 4, come up hither. He's going to redeem the world, the earth that was created by him. He's going to work on that redemption cuz he shed enough blood for it all and then he's going to go all the way down. And he's going to You know how the you know how Revelation works. It works in the realm that there's this chapter that deals comes to, chapter nine deals with the it deals with Megiddo at the end. Chapter number twelve it deals with the Megiddo at the end. The the Battle of Armageddon. Chapter number fourteen it deals with Megiddo at the end of it. Chapter number sixteen it deals with Megiddo at the end of it. But all that in between, we go back and we rewind and say, "Hey, this is what's going to happen between that time." This is what's going to happen. Right now we're in chapter 17. He's judging Babylon. He's judging the great whore. He's dealing with what is to come. And I'm telling you something. He's dealing with the religious systems of the world. That's not the Catholic Church, but it is a system that is riding on the Antichrist. She's seen when? She's seen in Revelation chapter number 7, I think, verse number 17. She's seen in chapter 17, verse number 2. She's seen sitting upon a beast. He's her ride into this place. And that religion's going to come, and it's going to blow a lot out. But God will be the judge. And one day, in the dispensation of times, when it is time, God will will come to this place as His plan and His Son will be fully exalted. He has placed us in Jesus by grace through faith. He's placed us in Jesus with all spiritual blessing. He's promised to keep us and to supply for us. And He's promised that one day we will reign with Him. And when that day comes, only thing you've got to worry about which horse you're riding on. Amen, friend. And I'm thankful... I'm thankful to God tonight that we have redemption through his blood. Amen. If you've never been saved tonight, you ought to be thinking about salvation because one day Jesus is going to come. And when he does, it will be too late because you've heard the gospel now. I'm thankful for the redemption of Christ that he came to this earth He shed his blood to die for me and to die for you and to buy us out of what had us under bondage. And thank God one day he's going to come again and he's going to fully redeem us to himself. What a day that's going to be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, one who saved me by his grace, when it takes me by the hand, leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that's going to be. Thank you so much for listening tonight and I pray this is a blessing. Listen redemption we have if you've never been saved, if you have been saved we have redemption through his blood. It's the only way. John MacArthur can take it away all he wants to but his blood is sufficient. It's enough. It's always going to be enough and thank God it will be. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. One day we'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And his blood will still cover us there. that a blessing, And we'll be judged for our sonship, our service to him, at the judgment seat of Christ. And I believe I'm going to be judged for my sins because he paid them for them. Amen. He paid for them. Would you stand to your feet tonight? We're done. Thank you so much, so much, so much for coming tonight. And we bless the Lord for his goodness and grace. We'll spend some time looking at the missionaries' books tonight spend some time talking with them. It is 8.57. About normal time we get out of this place on Wednesday night. But good thing is and I praise the Lord for it. We did not come to get out. We came to get in this place. Man, I'm thankful for that. I'm so thankful you came. Hey uh, Gabriel thank you for coming boy. Appreciate you. Thank y'all for coming missionaries. We appreciate y'all so much. Y'all real blessing. Church thank you for coming. Y'all blessing to us. Keep fighting for the Lord. It'd be worth it after all, will not it? Amen. And uh, it will be worth it after all. And uh, we just got to serve him to our dying breath. You pray for the missionaries as they head back. I, I, I'm, I'm supposing you probably have about a four hour drive. Is that right? Yes, sir. Figure as much. So you remember them as they're headed back. And so thank you so much for coming. And uh, we'll close out with a word of prayer tonight. And you've got plenty of time to spend. And uh, get home later. Go to bed sooner. Don't watch as much TV. And praise the Lord. Amen. It's Wednesday. We bless the Lord. Thank you for coming. Uh, Brother Barry, you close for, sir.